Well, as Pastor Robbie said, we're, we're in our series, continuing our series, Pray First, where we've been looking at this big idea throughout the series, which is whatever comes first in your life determines everything else. We put God first, we pray first, because that has such a determination on everything else that follows. And uh, before we start today, I, I do just want to make sure all this month uh, during this series, we uh, have been having out in the lobby of all of our locations this book, which is kind of a deeper dive into this idea of praying first. It's called Pray First by author and pastor Chris Hodges. This is a great resource. If you don't already have this after service, I really encourage you Pick one up. We want to make sure all of you have a copy. Uh, you can pick one up in the lobby for a donation of $10 if you can, or more if you feel led to do that. But I want to make sure you get this. is such a great opportunity. Much, much deeper dive than a 20 or 30 minutes on a Sunday morning that we can spend on the topic. So I want to encourage you to grab that if you haven't yet. Well, this idea that whatever comes first in our life determines everything else, we've kind of been looking at a good practice on how to do that by doing what Pastor Robbie was sharing with us, taking the first 15. And the idea there is to take the first 15 minutes of your day and, and spend it with God. Make what's first, first. And this is kind of just a, a way you could do that, a model, which is you could take the first five minutes and you could spend it in the Word. Easy enough. Put, out the, put, put on the, the Bible app on your phone or if you have a a paper copy, open it up, and spend time, spend five minutes in God's Word. Read, read one chapter of the Psalms. Spend, read some verses in Proverbs and, and soak in its wisdom. Go to the Gospels in Matthew or Mark, Luke or John, and, and, and find one of Jesus' parables. Read that parable. See what truth it has. Find some of those red letters in there, which are Jesus's words, and read those, and allow God's word soak in, and guide you, and lead you in the day, instruct you. Take five minutes in worship. Put your favorite worship song on Spotify, or ask Alexa to play worship, or however it is you do it. If you still put the CD in the CD player, then press that open tray button there, and get that in there, and, and spend time in worship. Listen to the songs. Sing along with the songs. Just give God thanks. Sing out, God, you're good. Like, like we did this morning, God, you're good. You're faithful. I bless you. I'm so thankful. Worship the Lord. Take five minutes and spend it in prayer. Quiet yourself. Listen to the Lord. Have a conversation with Him. Allow Him to, to speak to you. What would He say to you about Sunday? Tomorrow, what will He say to you about your Monday? And have that conversation with him. Express to him maybe some current concerns you have for the day or things that are on your mind. That's okay to do. Cast your cares upon the Lord, right? And have that conversation. Let him guide you. Let him lead you. Last week with Pastor Robbie, we looked at a prayer, the Lord's Prayer together. And the big idea of that was this, that the essential ingredient of prayer is not doing something for others, remember this, or for God, although those things... Those things can happen and sometimes do result out of prayer. But the essential ingredient is being with Him. Being with God. It's out of relationship with Him that we ought to come to Him in prayer. Not, not obligation or, or transaction. It's relationship. 
I was uh, meeting with a friend of mine a couple weeks ago, and uh, we were talking together, and sharing with one another, praying with one another, and, and we're talking about prayer, and, and he, he said this to me. He said, you know, Adam, I've got to be honest. I, I often get really discouraged when I pray, and, uh, and in a lot of ways, he's still um, learning a, a lot of new things in his faith and putting things to practice, and, and this was one of them, and he said, I I struggle with a lot of times. I get discouraged, and I think it's something that we can all relate to. He, he said, I, I, when I, go, I said, why is that? And he said, well, when I go to pray, I, I, I think of all the things that I, I want to pray about or know I should pray about. But then when I go to pray, it doesn't all come out great. It, some of it comes out, and I forget some of the other things. I never did pray about them, or, 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 or it comes out in a, a strange order. It's not in a great order. It's, it's not very eloquent a lot of the time. Sometimes I, I'm pa- I pause because I, I am feeling stuck in that way, and, and, and it just discourages me. And, you know, first thing I said to him, which is why I'm sharing it here with you, is I said, that, that, we, we all struggle with that. That's, that's something, you're not alone there. A lot of us can, can feel that way about our prayer life and struggle that way. But I said this to him, and I hope you know this. I said, but you know... God knew all those words you were going to pray. And he also knew the ones you you didn't pray out loud. He he knew all those thoughts before you ever opened your mouth. You know that, right? All of those thoughts that you were thinking, the Lord knew those things. He knows those things. God doesn't need us to, to fashion some kind of eloquent, ordered, full of context prayer for him. That's not what he's after. That is a transaction. That is a prescription. God's aim for us in prayer is relationship. What he wants out of it is to be with us. He doesn't need all of the words. He doesn't need them all so fancy and proper and right. He wants us. He wants the conversation. It's relationship. And today we're going to look at a prayer... um, from a man named Jabez, prayer of Jabez. And we're going to see what the prayer of Jabez can teach us about how to pray when we are in pain. How to pray out of pain. Because really, there are a lot of things said about the prayer of Jabez. There are a lot of things written out there and things that have made it onto uh, TV sermons and things that try to say what prayer of Jabez is. But really, What we're going to find is the prayer of Jabez is a prayer from simply a man who was in pain. And I I can think of times in my life, especially early on, when I was in times of pain. I had pain I was experiencing in my life, and especially in my early on years, I chose not to pray. And I wish I had. I didn't pray first. But now, later on, I, I... I can see, I can see, that I can look back and I can see the times in my life when I was experiencing pain that, that I would come to God and I, I would pray first. I could see the difference in the outcome when I chose to do that and times when I didn't. I was with the pastors last uh, Tuesday and we were having lunch together. It's something we do a lot of Tuesdays. We have lunch after our staff meeting. And as we're sitting around the table, we were entertaining a thought-provoking question. This is something that we do 
every chance that we can, at least every chance, every opportunity where Pastor Lisa is with us at the table, because if you don't know this, Pastor Lisa, she is like the captain of questions. She has the best questions. And so what we do is we ask Pastor Lisa to come and bring a question just to give us an opportunity to uh, be transparent with each other, be a little bit vulnerable with each other. Uh, we can dive deep into just learn, learning about each other. And I'll tell you that we need Pastor Lisa in these moments because if we don't have the question, then we just end up talking about uh, the Green Bay game last night, you know, the ball game or something like that. You know, oh, Wisconsin fan. I shouldn't, I shouldn't have given him that allowance there. <laughs> so we were entertaining this question together and Pastor Lisa, she didn't know what prayer we were going to be looking at this morning, but she asked this question. She said, pastors, what do you, what do, you do in, when, when you're in the midst of tragedy, when, when you're experiencing pain, stress, these kind of things in your life, how do you and your spouse respond to that? Let's learn from each other. Best practices kind of question. And there were a lot of good answers at the table, but how many know Pastor Robbie, he's going to have a good answer. He's always got good answers. And so it came time, Pastor Robbie, he gave his answer. I asked if I could asked him if I could share it with you today. He said, when Tracy and I are experiencing pain, when we're in times of difficulty, most often than not, he said, it's, it's not the two of us together experiencing that. It's maybe one of us, most times. He said, but when one of us is in pain, we pray for each other. We pray for the other. When Tracy's having a difficult time, when she's in pain, I pray for her. And likewise, when I am in a place like that, she is the first to pray for me. That's a good answer. I know all of us, we have to all, all of us relate with, with pain. We all deal with pain. If you are in this room and you, you do not deal with pain at all, that's just a non-factor in your equation, that is awesome. You have a lot to be thankful to God for. But really, pain is such a reality in our life, and it can come in all different kinds of ways. It can come in literal physical pain. It can come in the health of our body or, or unhealth of our body and illness and injury. And, you know, we welcomed the online audience earlier today. I, I know some of you out there, the reason you're watching online, you, you would rather be in one of our locations right now, but, but there's physical pain in your body and unhealth to the point where you're not able to join us, and that's why you're watching online in this way. I'm so glad you have the opportunity to do that, but I know for some of you that that is your story. It's physical pain. We deal with that. For some of us, others of us, it's emotional pain, relational pain. We, there's a relationship in our life with a family member or a friend, a coworker, and it's fractured. It's broken. And maybe we had everything to do with it. Maybe we didn't have anything to do with it, but it is that way, and it hurts. It's painful to think about. You're going to see that person today. And there's a rift there. There's tension there. And it's hurtful. For a lot of us, I know, it can be the pain of anxiety. Pain of depression. Anybody dealt with stress before? Anybody? Sure. It hurts. A friend of mine, this was a while ago, he lives out west, but I had the opportunity to, to meet him in person, sit down with him, and, and, and he really deals with, with the pain of depression. This is a battle for him, struggle for him, and 
I just wanted to know more about it, know, know more about his journey. And, and as he was explaining it to me, it sounded so painful. He would say, Adam, I, you know, I go through all these therapeutic measures and, 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 and I see doctors that can prescribe medicines to me that I can try out to, to try and get my body more chemically balanced and bring me out of that depression. But Adam, that's not, it doesn't end there. Because a lot of times those therapeutic measures, they, 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 they can kind of have an overcorrection and, and, and things can happen where I, I come up and, and I come up into too high, into anxiety and stress and I'm overhyped and the pendulum swings the other way. And so I have to do some, some, some countermeasures to, to bring myself down from that, but not too far down unless I go right back into the pain of depression. Up and down, up and down, it's exhausting, it's painful. Some of us here today, we, we are simply in financial pain. You feel like your career is at a dead end or you're out of a job. You, you feel like you are in a place of poverty or you feel like you always will be in that kind of economic status. And it hurts. How do we pray about our pain? How do we do that? How do we pray for our pain. Can we pray for our pain? Pain's a part of life. Suffering's a part of life. Can we pray for it? I think Jabez helps us answer that question. First Chronicles chapter 4, 9 through 10. says that Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. We don't know a lot about Jabez, but this is something we do know, that this is his story. One of the defining characteristics of him that we get from the scripture is that he was born out of some kind of pain. In fact, his name, the name Jabez, means literally pain. It means son of sorrow, of grief. So Jabez, he's dealing with, with some kind of pain. Maybe he was born into it. Maybe it's something he was born with. We don't know. But this is Jabez's response to his situation. It says, Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me. Enlarge my territory, praise Jabez. Let your hand be with me, praise Jabez. Keep me from harm, so that I will be free from pain. And look at this. That's how it finishes. And God granted his request. And you know, we're going to break down this prayer and we're going to look at Jabez and the the, the few things we know about him and we're going to see what it has to say to us about this. But I, I don't want us to miss, I don't want us to pass this over. I almost did. And I thought, you know what? We should not pass this over. Because I think somebody needs to hear this today. This is, this is what was prompting in my spirit this week. Is that somebody needs, before we even talk about how Jabez approached God out of his pain, somebody needs reminded of this today. Did you know that God answers prayer? Do you know that? You need to. You need to know it. And if you knew it, and life circumstances have really helped and encouraged you to forget it, then remind yourself of it today. God answers prayer. He answered the prayer of Jabez. You find it in Scripture over and over again, how the people of God come to him in prayer, and he answers, and he answers, and he answers. 
We have testimonies all the time here in River City about people who came to God in prayer today and God answered their prayer. God answers prayer. He did it yesterday. He's doing it today. He can answer your prayer tomorrow, friend. Know it. Believe it. Don't let the enemy, don't let life convince you and discourage you otherwise. So this is how Jabez really prayed, simply. Out of his pain. He prayed for blessing. We don't earn blessing. We don't deserve blessing. But we do know that out of our pain, the Bible is clear on it, that we do pray for blessing. It is something that we can do. We can pray for God's blessing in our life. That's how Jabez did it. Oh, that you would bless me. Enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me. Keep me from harm. That I would be free from pain. And so, question I, I like to ask myself when I am looking at passages like this, especially passages like this, where somebody comes to God and God says, Yep, you got it. Granting your request. Those are so interesting to me, those stories that we have in the Bible. And Jabez is one of them. And the question I like to ask myself is, is what, what went right in Jabez's life? What was right about Jabez or his prayer, circumstances, that he was so exemplified in the Scripture in this way? I love asking the question, what went right? It's my favorite question. I ask it with my ministry teams, too, when we're, we're looking, reviewing some kind of project we just finished or uh, event we just held on. I like to say, hey, hey, what went right about that? Because I think that uh, it is easier for us to ask the opposite question. And that's what went wrong. Oh, we're good at that one, aren't we? We're good at that one. We come away from that dinner at, restaurant, at the restaurant, or we're walking out of the movie theater, or the, the show on Netflix just finished. And, uh, and, and it's so easy for us to see or, or realize or talk about what went wrong. For some reason, it's just human nature, I guess. We have, TV, we have whole TV shows, right, that... That there's like people sitting behind a table and somebody does something and then they just tell you what went wrong about it and what could be better. What went wrong, that's a little easier to answer, but I think there's a lot of really fascinating and helpful information when you're asking the question, what went right? Can you see that? Can you see what went well? What went so correctly that, that things turned out that way? And as I ask myself this question about Jabez, I, I feel like I can see two things that, that did go right. Two things that went right in the story of Jabez. And the first one is this. Jabez was right with God. Now we don't know a lot about Jabez, but did you catch the very first thing that we find out about Jabez? I told you to put it in your pocket until later. It was that Jabez was an honorable man. More honorable than his brother's. He, he was an outstanding man. He was a man in right standing with God, a, a man after God's righteousness. That is something that was key for Jabez in his life and said about him, and a little bit that we do know, is that, that he was right with God. And something you're going to find, no matter where you pluck out a scripture uh, in, in the Bible of God's blessing, is you are going to find every time attached to his blessing you're going to find righteousness. You're going to find someone in right standing with God. They go hand in hand. Here's a, an easy example of it. Psalm 5, verse 12. Surely, O Lord, you will bless 
the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. Isaac was a man in the Old Testament that for, for long seasons of his life was a man after, God, after God's righteousness and right standing with him. And this is something said about him in Genesis 26. Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. The Lord blessed him. The man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. He's trying to get a point across. <laughs> Look, it's even in the New Testament, the third letter of John, chapter 1, verse 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health. But look, just as your soul prospers, the idea of the Lord's blessing to us always comes hand in hand with our ability, with His desire for us to be in right standing with Him have his righteousness in our lives and even as the prayer for blessing and prospering comes just as your soul prospers just as you succeed in your own walk with God in your own pursuit of him turning over things in your life to the son Jesus over and over and over Jabez he was right with God So, I know, uh, maybe there's an elephant in the room or not, I don't know if you think there is, but I know that we started reading some of these P words, prosper. And th there, I understand there are a lot of things said about the word prosper and prosperity, incorrectly and negatively, famously, but how many of you know it is in here, we're reading it together, that the Lord would want us to prosper how many of you know words have meaning? The right words and the right meanings for those words. And it's important for us to understand the right meaning, the correct meaning for words. Because you can do damage if not. And I, I, I will admit to you, I, I'm not the best, I am not always the best at using the right word. I oftentimes, uh, as I'm writing something, um, responding to something, or even verbally using a word, I have to like, pause and go back and I, I'm looking at a word that I'm a little proud of and I'm like is that is that the right way to use that word though like do you really know that that is so you're smiling you're like yeah I, know, I, I do that too and so I have to like look back and it's not I'm like Oop, okay all right don't press sin let's let's use the correct word that that was incorrect I do this a lot in fact I was a, a stark reminder of this yesterday that I brought to you. I was not planning on doing this, but it was too good. I had to bring it to you. My family, yesterday, we were in our basement all day long, sifting through toys and storage items to organize and give away and, and, and all those kind of things. And I found myself in one of um, Sarah and I's tubs that had all of our precious little things from when we were dating. Little notes, memorabilia, pictures at one point Sarah came down she was like we're going down the rabbit hole here come on let's go but there were just all these little precious little notes that I was reading from each other in our first days and months of dating and I found one and it made me laugh out loud and it was another case of Adam not using words great and I wanted to read it to you 
This is Sarah writing to me. We are so young. We were like, I don't even think we were calling ourselves dating yet. We were just courting or something like that. She says, hey, I remember when you told me that hypothetical story about an owner who had a dog. And the dog didn't really want to be with its owner. Well, I got the impression that I was the dog. <laughs> Listen, I don't know if there are any young men out there right now. But there is no reason, and it was true, that was accurate, that was my story. Some, some wonderful analogy I'm cooking up for her after a date or something. Do not, for any reason, there's no reason to use the word, men, dog, when you are referencing or bringing any kind of analogy to your girlfriend or your wife. Don't do that. Use a better word. Use a different word. Because words have meaning. They can do damage. And so we can get really quickly to the heart of, of this if we just, you can even look it up in Webster's Dictionary. Simple definition for the word prosper. Just means to succeed. That's what it means. To prosper means to succeed. Now, to be rich, Webster's Dictionary would have a different definition for that. To be rich, Webster defines as having an abundance of possessions. Overly amount of things that, that have been collected, assets that have been collected. And it even says in there, usually associated with money, with wealth. So that's to be rich. The Bible has things to say about the rich. Luke chapter 6, verse 24. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. But what does it mean to prosper, to succeed? If you're a businessman, that might, that might mean, if you're a businessman and you're prospering, maybe that does um, equate to, to wealth. If you're a mother and you're prospering, perhaps that looks like mothering many children or the way they're trained up, success they have coming out of childhood. If you're a teacher, maybe... Prospering in that way is to have a wide audience of people who would be interested in your curriculum and what you have to say. If you're an artist, maybe prospering is, looks like your art gains influence and impacts people all over the world. But remember what we said first about what went right with Jabez, that blessing and righteousness, they come hand in hand, yes. So if a righteous man prospers, what does that look like? When the righteous succeed, what's that look like? Well, River City, we have an easy way of saying it. You hear it all the time. We think it means and looks like making waves. We say it all the time, right? Our hope for you is to know God, to get more of Him, to learn more about Him, and to begin to find freedom in your life. Freedom hurts, freedom from habits, freedom from pain in your life, all kinds of freedom. To start discovering your purpose, like Sarah was saying earlier. Start finding out your identity in Christ, what he's put you on this planet to do. And then after all of that, having this knowledge from God, having a relationship with him and experiencing freedom in your life and finding out his God-ordained purpose for you, what do you do from there? You go home. No. You make waves. You begin to bring impact and influence and eternity, life-changing difference in the people around you, in your community, in your world, that you would make a difference, that you would make waves. Genesis chapter two, uh, 12, verse 2, 
It says it really easily like this. That I will bless you and you will be a blessing to others. That's the second thing that I think went right with Jabez. First was that he was right with God. I think Jabez was right with others. That's why God granted his request. Like I said, we do not know a lot about Jabez. This is really the only time that he's mentioned. But there is one other small little place in 1 Chronicles chapter 2, the 55th verse. It mentions his name. His name is mentioned as the name of a town, the town of Jabez. And it's described there, the characteristic of the town, what kind of identifies it, is that all of the families of all of the scribes, this is where they came. This was where they would come and they would live and they would stay. Jewish writers, if you look into their historical records and what they write about Jabez, that they feel like they've found in, in their writings is that Jabez was a man who ended up making an, a, a large community impact. That, that he, he did a large number, many number of what they would call patriotic acts. Not patriotic in the sense in our American culture understanding of that. But in the idea that he, he did these over and abundant acts of influence, of giving to his community and to the society and the society's laws and the law of God in that time. So much so, he impacted his community so much so that, that the town was named after him. So quite literally, Jabez's, in this case, Jabez's territory was enlarged. Jabez, he was right with God, but he was right with others. I want to close with this uh, illustration and um, worship team, you can come up and get started for me. Are any of you uh, gardeners? Any gardeners out there? Yeah. Any of you uh, this year, did you have a really good garden that was just like, ooh baby, yeah. I have, I have, one, um, I have a neighbor who is one of these, um, he's, he's one of these. He's got a garden and like, it must be a really good garden. Do you, do you know why I know that? Gardeners know why I know that. Because once or twice a year, he will knock on my door and unannounced. And I'll open the door and he will have what with him? Yeah. A giant box of a bunch of vegetables that I didn't grow and I didn't do any work for. But I get to have and give to Sarah and we get to cook and make soups from and things like that. And he'll do it once or twice a year and I'll be like, you didn't have to do this. And you know, gardeners, you know what I'm talk about to talk about here. You know what my neighbor doesn't do with all of those vegetables that he has? He doesn't can them up in his basement for the next five years. He doesn't have five years worth of cucumbers canned in his basement. He doesn't, you know, sell them and pocket the cash. Maybe some of you, it is a business for you or a side hustle, source of income. No, when that garden is overflowing... He has all these vegetables, more than he knows what to do with. He's giving them away. He wants me to have them. He didn't want to keep them. He's happy to give them to me. Some of us here today, we need to understand that when the Lord blesses us, and he means to prosper us and help us to succeed in areas of our life, even areas that are currently out of pain, and the Lord does that. That is for us as, the right, as righteous people in right standing with God who mean to be like His Son Christ. 
There's a meaning for that, and that is for us to bless others. Not interested in how many piles we can form of those blessings. We're interested in how many people can be impacted and lives changed because of what God did in our lives. Now we can do in others. You know what my neighbor says to me whenever I say to him, he didn't have to do this. You know what he says to me? He says, oh, I have so many. More than I need. I want you to have some. I, I wish that could be our prayer today. Kind of our leaving thought. That we would think, as we're praying out of our pain, and we're asking the Lord to, to bring us some relief or freedom in that way, that that's how we come to Him. But as we do experience the blessing of God, as we do find that He begins to prosper us in areas of our lives and talents and careers and all kinds of things, that we would say, Lord, bless me, prosper me, so that I can be a blessing to the world around me. I want to make waves. I want that to be your prayer today? That's what I want my prayer to be. I want to make waves. I want to be right with God. I want to be right with others. How I want to close today is with a challenge. Just spend, we're going to spend just a few minutes in prayer before we stand, before the worship team sings. And I want to bring to you a, a, a tool. We talked about the first 15, taking five minutes to pray. You know, this is something you could pray, the prayer of Jabez, in those five minutes. You could do this. You can do this every day if you want. I've prayed this prayer a lot of times in my quiet time. And this is just kind of a little model to help us walk through it. We're going to pray it together, kind of just do it as an example. But you could open up to the prayer of Jabez and you could just go right through his prayer and you could, you could take these five minutes and just make it, make it a model for you and praying out of an area of pain in your life. So that's what I want to do. You, you can, um, if you want to bow your heads, you can do that, but you don't have to keep them bowed if you want to kind of keep glancing at the screen, make a reference for it, just do that. But let's put ourselves in a posture of prayer here and let's just ask for the Lord to bless us. Can we do that? First thing to do is just take a minute in silence. Let's quiet ourselves right now, Lord. We just, you want to speak to us? God, you want to remove a distraction hanging around in our head? Maybe in this moment of silence, you can uh, kind of reassociate yourself with that pain point in your life. For some of you, you don't need help on this. It's, it, it's right in front of you. It carries with you all the time. But some of you, I know, you could be maybe stuffers. I'm a stuffer. I need, I need to reacclimate with what's going on in my life. What is that pain? What is that relationship? What is that need? What's that circumstance in your life that's it's a bit broken? Maybe you're the reason it is. Maybe you had nothing to do with it. It happened to you. But regardless, where is it there? It's hurting. And then God, in the second minute, we just ask, as Jabez did, that you would bless us. Lord, would you bless me? God, I'm hurting. I'm worried about what this is going to do and impact my future. 
I need your blessing. Bless me, Lord. And then we pray to enlarge our territory. God, we pray today that, that you would. You would prosper us. God, we, we do want to succeed. We, we would want to succeed out of what is currently this weakness in us. What is currently this deficiency. God, we would want to see it turned around. If you want to give us success in that instead, if you want to prosper that instead, so that, Lord, we can be an example and a person of influence and of testimony of your faithfulness, of your goodness to others, God, that's our prayer today, that you would enlarge our territory. Bless us, God. Enlarge what the things that we have now, no matter how small they are, God, increase them, enlarge them. Bring success to us in these ways so that, Lord, we can bless others. God, in this next minute, we pray that you would let your hand be with me. God, today, would you guide us? Would you guide us as we begin to experience that blessing, as we begin to find success, and and, and you begin to prosper us in these ways? God, would you lead us by your hand into the, the, the certain places and people and conversations and situations that you're saying, that's where I need you to bless them. I need you to give it back. I need you to influence them. Take what I've given you and give it to them. God, help us to be guided by your hand for each of those moments, not to miss one. Lead us, Lord, into each of those conversations. Wherever you've put us, God, in our life, in our neighborhood, it's for a reason. Show us by leading us by your hand. And God, finally, keep us from harm. God, we're, we're going to be on the radar now. The enemy doesn't like people who are knowledge of God and freedom in their lives. They've got their God-given purpose inside of them. Now they mean to make waves. So God, would you keep us from the enemy trying to lie to us and distract us or discourage us? God, help us not to try and convince ourselves that that these things that you have blessed us with and we're succeeding in, God, help us not to fall for the trick that we might need that tomorrow. You never know that something might happen to you again. You better hold on to that. God, we, we pray against that today, that lie from the enemy. God, keep us from harm. Let us be people, Lord, who find freedom from our pain so that we can help others experience the same. In Jesus' name, amen.